creative journey It's easy to get lost But don't worry, you'll lift off Sometimes you just need a creative pep talk Hey, you're listening to Creative Pep Talk, a weekly podcast companion for your creative journey. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. I'm an illustrator for clients like Xbox, Lego, and the New York Times. And as a person with raging ADHD, I understand on a deeply personal level that for some of us, a thriving creative practice is not just a nice to have, but a matter of survival. What do you do when chasing your creative dreams feels more like living your creative nightmare? If you think back to the start of your journey when you first thought about becoming a filmmaker or a musician or an illustrator, if you're like me, that time was probably supercharged with excitement and nerves and hope. But fast forward to now, if you're also like me, you probably had some significant seasons of your creative practice where things were far from what you hoped that they would be. And maybe you're even stuck in a place just like that right now. We have all been sold the idea that you should go after your dreams no matter what with grit and don't ever give up. But what do you do if that is just really not working out? Today on the show, we talk with a very accomplished illustrator and YouTuber, Anusha Syed. Anusha has illustrated for clients like Nickelodeon, Netflix, and Disney. She has illustrated over 25 picture books, and she just brought out her very own picture book that she authored and illustrated, and it's called That's Not My Name. It is super gorgeous and has tons of heart and personal experience in there. And when you look at her creative practice, it's my guess that you would assume that she is legit living the dream. But Anusha wouldn't actually say that's the case. Like this career that she is in right now was not her dream. It's something that happened because her original dreams didn't actually work out. But I think Anusha would say that this might be even better than what she had dreamed of in the first place. I wanted to talk to Anusha because I think her story really illustrates how not reaching your dreams or getting stuck on that path can actually enable a better situation than you could even dream up. Now, before we get to that chat, I wanted to let you know that at the end, I'm going to come back and tell you how you can spot a creative opportunity that is potentially right behind you, chasing you down, that you might be completely oblivious to because you are too busy chasing after a dream that you might not ever catch. So stick around for how to spot an opportunity that might be even better than your initial dreams. But before we get to that, let's go to my chat with illustrator and YouTube extraordinaire, Anusha Syed. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. 
launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. Can you tell us a little bit about you spent a whole bunch of time trying to get into animation because you had this dream Mm -hmm. of, I want to participate in this and, uh, tell us how, uh, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about how that went. Okay. So, uh, the high school I was at, I was living in Pakistan at the time. I grew up in the middle East. Um, I was, my dream was to be working in animation, uh, my parents were not convinced of that. Um, I mean, they were still kind of stuck in like the starving artist mentality. And as much as I wanted to attend a school in the U.S., that was also way too far for them. So initially, I studied visual communication in the UAE, uh, which is a very far removed major from art. It's basically like logos, graphic design, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I did that for a semester through a tantrum, came back home. Um, And at the time, my parents had moved to Switzerland. And because I didn't know what else I was going to do, I ended up going with them. And I was really determined to pursue art this time around. In Switzerland, uh, I didn't really have any choices of um, art schools. Um, Basically, my choices were going to an English-speaking liberal art school to study journalism or going to an art school that was entirely French-taught. Um, and learning an entirely new language. And of course, being me, I was like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I can learn a whole new language. Um, and yeah, so that's when I attended a art school. Um, they had an animation program as well as an illustration program. Um, I did not qualify for the animation program because my French was too bad. And they were like, you know, Anusha, you can do illustration for a year, improve your French, and then you can join animation next year. Um, And yeah, so I did that for a year. I ended up kind of liking illustration a bit more. And I had seen that like the animation program was more fixated on actually animating, uh, whereas I wanted to go towards more um, the more biz devs type type of stuff. So I stuck with illustration for the rest of my three years. 
Um, I, in the meantime, was very frustrated by my art school experience. I feel like they didn't properly prepare me. And I was still looking at all of the people who went to Cal Arts and, you know, SVA, like all of these like fancy schools in North America and just being like, God, I wish I were them. I just don't have like the same networking opportunities, the same resources. And so after I graduated, I moved to Canada, hoping that I could apply to places there. Um, I got a job in animation in Canada. I was there for a year. Uh, and then I left because I had a lot of issues with anxiety and I just, I needed a break. After that, I was just like applying and applying and applying to basically anyone, any type of studio. And I just got rejection after rejection after rejection. This was for two years or maybe like three years almost. And yeah, I got really frustrated and I there was a lot of like the blame game mentality of again, like, oh, if only I had gone to like a better school, if only I had like better networking opportunities, if only I had done this or that. And yeah, all of my friends would be like, Anusha, your work is great. Like, I don't understand why you don't have a job yet. And so I, and I would get jealous of my friends getting opportunities. And yeah, I just like ended up in like this bottomless pit of jealousy, which really sucked. And it was just like that for a very long time uh, until, yeah, I came at a crossroads. And all this time you're getting, you're, you're getting freelance illustration jobs coming your way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting freelance illustration work that I did not want. Yeah. I was embarrassed of it. <laughs> uh, and why, why do you think, why was that? Um, because my, that was not my goal. I wanted to work in animation and like I, cause yeah, I had gone to school for illustration. I, uh, was able to get an illustration agent right out of school. I was able to get some book work right out of school. Cause I happened to be kind of good at it, but again, it was not my dream. It was not my goal. So I was like, okay, fine. I guess I'll do this on the side because I need to have some kind of work, but I'm focused on my animation dream. I'm focused on this. And yeah, so I was really embarrassed by it because it felt like it wasn't leading me towards my goals. Yeah. And it kind of felt like if I was like working on like animation freelance stuff and like really focused on the animation side of things, it kind of looked like, okay, yeah, she's kind of got her stuff together. She's working towards it. But if I was working on other stuff, then it looked, it might look like I'm not, I'm failing. Yeah. I guess that was my big worry. Yeah. And so- you're doing all of this, all of these, you're constantly applying for jobs. Mm -hmm. And you said that, why was it that you think that you weren't getting the work? Looking back, you had mentioned something about how the work you were applying towards these jobs wasn't really appropriate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what was that about? So essentially I was applying for a character design or visual development work and I did create a portfolio design for that or what I thought was designed for it. What I was kind of basing it off of was stuff you would find in art of books, which is very illustrative. It is very beautiful, uh, but that's not the kind of stuff that actually gets used in an animation production. In an actual animation production, you need things like turnarounds and uh, like expression sheets and like really technical stuff because these are drawings that are going to be moving eventually. They need to carry a lot of information. Yeah. But this is all stuff that I hate doing and that I'm not good at. Yeah. Um, 
And, but yeah, I, I continue to like apply with stuff that was not suited for animation, but instead is more suited towards illustration. But obviously I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. It's interesting because the whole time you're getting what you were needing and what you were after mm-hmm. creatively, and you just weren't able to see it because you had this dream I was just fixated on, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so I wondered if like, if you had a sense of what is illustration able to deliver to you that when we go back to that earlier Anusha that said, I want to work in animation because I need to blank, what is illustration able to deliver on that need that these jobs that you wanted maybe couldn't? So, I mean, like the core, you know, I want to be an animator because was that I wanted to create um, like that really immersive storytelling. Um, And illustration can still provide that. And in a much more in-depth way because of the fact that like in animation, uh, for the most part, you are going to be working in a team environment and working towards like usually someone else's vision and more often than not, and a vision that's influenced a lot by a major corporation, you know? And I knew that I had a lot of stories inside of me and that could be much better served through something that's very, that's more individualistic like illustration and specifically in my case, children's books, because watching Tangled, the other big thing that like that made it stand out, you know, from other forms of artwork was that it is target- targeted towards children. It's targeted towards like a very impressionable audience. And that's what children's books is. Um, I wanted to be able, I found that not only was I able to create meaningful stories, immersive stories, but also ones that can really shape young minds that can have like a really positive effect that leads, you know, to solidly built adults, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the thing that strikes me in the story is that what, what drew you to wanting to be a part of animation was how, when you go step into this world, you come out and all of a sudden the world that you live in, in real life is much more vibrant Mm -hmm. and when you go try to apply for these animation studios and you try to fit within that framework that you are feeling the need to actually make less vibrant work, less work that's less within your voice and perspective. Mm -hmm. And then here you are 40 books into your illustration career authoring your own book Mm -hmm. and you're able to tell stories that truly do make the world more vibrant because they come from a more diverse perspective exactly because you're telling it within your voice. And Mm -hmm. so it's just, uh, I, I find that really compelling this idea that, um, that, yeah, that the thing that you were fighting ended up providing Mm -hmm. the, the need in a deeper way. And so, yeah, I wondered if you could 
talk about the breaking point of what got you into what happened to where you're like, you know what, I'm a damn illustrator and I'm going to do this. Like what, <laughs> what, what do you think it was that kind of pushed you over the edge? Yeah. Okay. So essentially years of rejection, uh, bottomless pit of self-hatred and being jealous of other people. And it let, and meanwhile, uh, while all of this was going on, my illustration career was starting to pick up more and more. Um, I found another agent who was more, uh, better suited for me and more, uh, she really believed in my work and that I could really go far and I could even write my own books one day, which I never even thought of before. And yeah, I wrote, I worked on Bilal Coxal, which won an award. And so like my career was like slowly starting to pick up more and more. And so I was starting to wonder like, okay, this could be an actually a viable uh, career path. And this is actually something I'm good at. Um, but at the same time, I did not want to leave my goal, my dream of working in animation, because I still felt like I had a chance. And more importantly for me was that I did not want to be seen as a failure for giving up because again, I still thought of illustration as the, the lesser career path of like, mm-hmm. oh no, no, like no one wants to work in illustration. Everyone wants to work in animation. Yeah. That's where like, that's the goal, you know, like seeing your, yeah. the, the fame and the prestige and all of that, especially because like I, at the time, all of my friends were working in animation. I didn't have any illustrator friends to uh, kind of understand really how uh, how amazing this industry was. So yeah, I still kept my foot in the door of animation. And so I, was, I kept working on illustration and still once in a while would apply. Um, but eventually I kind of reached the, the crossroads point where I realized like I had to make a decision. Because if I kind of kept going on this path of being like half in, half out for both of them, I my career would just not go anywhere because I wasn't putting my full attention to either of them and I had to choose one or the other. So essentially, uh, I attended uh, Light Gray Art Labs uh, Iceland residency in 2018 and I met with a lot of other great artists who were kind of also going through that crossroads point and talking through them. Uh, and again, because illustration, my I had been working from home for the past four or five years. I didn't know any other artists and I didn't really have like that community to talk to. Uh, so talking with them really helped me to understand like, oh, geez, there are other people going through this. Because my other big thing was that I thought I was the only person in the world who felt jealousy, <laughs> who <laughs> was like... Uh, who was insecure and I was having like all of these negative thoughts and I felt really awful because I thought I was the only one who had them. But talking to other people, I realized like, okay, this is totally normal. It's fine to have these thoughts. And I made the decision that I was going to just commit to illustration, um, that this was the time to do it. And so, yeah, that's what I did. And, and honestly, it was the best decision I ever made. Because once I started to put all of my energy into it, um, it opened a lot more doors. I love what you said about uh, the prestige of animation because I find that in my own journey, 
a lot of times my distraction is coming from something of that nature of like mm-hmm. the smaller self wants some kind of particular expression of this dream mm-hmm. because of I have I have uh, idolized it. I have I I find there's something ego driven yeah. that's distracting me from expressing the more essential element of what Mm -hmm. is driving me. And I heard you say that, uh, that it, when you got to the point where you realize like the thing I want to do, it doesn't matter if it's ceramics or a poem Mm -hmm. or a, I, I, I had the exact same realization that you have to go back over and over to the, the purer essence of what is pulsing through me. And it's a deeper self thing that I think is connected to the bigger self because, mm-hmm. because it's the thing that says, I want to recreate that moment for a kid sitting in the movie theater, whatever that might mean, whatever opportunity I can um, find to channel that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause like the other th- uh, big thing in my crossroads and kind of deciding why I should ultimately go towards illustration was I did a pros and cons list, which is something I love to do. And as I started listing things out, um, I realized that there were just way too many cons for animation. And that although I had this dream of working in animation, uh, it was a dream that really did not make any sense for my lifestyle and what I actually wanted. I had this idea of what that dream would be. And that would be that like, oh, you know, I'd have I'd be working in a cool studio environment. I would have my name in the credits. I'd be working on these cool projects. But the reality would be that I'd be working for a a corporation. I am not a person who likes nine to five jobs. I'm very much someone who I have ADHD. Like I need to be working at, at my own flexible hours and however I work. And so nine to five doesn't work for me. Um, I'm not really a team player. Uh, I mean, I kind of am, but like, I like having that creative vision aspect, like I mentioned before. Um, Yeah, like all of these things, uh, I would probably have to move to LA and I love living in Canada. Um, And yeah, as I started to write all of these things down, I just realized that it just didn't make any sense to me. And the only reason I was clinging onto that dream was just the idea of it. Um, And I really, it was a complete wake up call for me. And that's when I realized that like illustration actually fits perfectly with my lifestyle and my needs. Yeah. And, uh, my, I love that you use a story to illustrate your point because that's, that's my whole, my whole jam. Mm -hmm. Um, and you talked about the moral of one of your favorite animated features. Will you just kind of share what you think the, the takeaway is from that? Yes. And I'm glad you brought this up because I could talk about this movie forever. So this is Monsters University. If anyone has ever, if you have not watched this movie, first of all, watch it. Uh, But essentially it's a prequel to Monsters, Inc. And it follows Mike, who is the sidekick from the first movie. And his dream is that he wants to be a scarer. He wants to work at the big Monsters, Inc. company and he wants to scare kids for a living. Uh, problem is he's like this tiny little green monster and he's not scary at all. And he is, he gets into the very best school. He does 
amazingly on all his tests. He's getting like straight A's and everything, but he's just not scary. Like there's literally nothing he can do about it. Um, It's kind of like I give the analogy of a short basketball player. Like you might dribble. I I don't know anything about basketball. You could be like the best (laughs) dribbler on the planet, but if you can't reach the hoop, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, in, in the movie, Mike, he does like a bunch of stuff. He tries his very best, but at the very end, he does not get to be a scarer, which I think is such a refreshing ending to a movie where like the protagonist just does not win. Um, and yeah, I thought that was really interesting. The other thing that happens in the movie is that although he does not get to be a scarer, he still ends up working at Monsters, Inc. in a different form. He gets to work with his best friend. Um, and he also finds out that he has other talents that he was not aware of. Uh, he's very smart to the point that like his friend, who is a really amazing scarer, is like, I'm envious of you. Like, I think you're amazing, uh, which is another really big thing that like, you know, grass is greener on the other side and all of that. Like you don't recognize the strengths in yourself unless you see it, unless someone tells you. Um, and then the amazing thing is, is that in the next movie, in uh, although he does not get to be a scarer, uh, you can't scare kids anymore. Uh, that's outlawed. You have to uh, make kids laugh. And the great thing is, is that Mike is very good at that. So he ends up fulfilling his dream in an entirely different way. And I just love this movie so much. I think it tells a lot about the nature of dreams and that you have to be open to other opportunities. And maybe some paths are just not right for you. But it's for a reason. And it's usually because there's like another better path for you that you might be missing out on. Uh, and you just have to find it and be open to it. Yeah. I think that's so good. Did you, did that come to you when you saw it? Did you, did that movie, uh, enter your life and you knew kind of how it related no. to you? Can, Cause yeah. it came out when I was in my last year of college. Um, and s- I think I might've like taken the wrong message from it initially, or like, I like really, really enjoyed the movie and I, I understood the message, but I I didn't see like how it would fit towards me. And then like later on, as I was going through the crossroads and going through like these two different paths was when I rewatched it. And I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. Um, and it's just kind of like a hindsight thing. And Mm. yeah. I love this movie, man. <laughs> I love it. I love also when you started talking about it, you went into an energy of, and if you haven't seen it and then you got almost angry, like, look, if you haven't even seen it, just turn the podcast off. Cause you're not yeah. the kind of person I even want to talk to. Um, sorry, it's always but, on the bottom of people's most loved Pixar movies, but it's one of my all time favorite movies. It's a great movie. I completely, completely co-sign that. Did you, the reason I ask is like, uh, I mean, I'm a big, like I said, I'm a big believer in story and Mm -hmm. it's kind of my, my, uh, my main through line in life. And I find that when a movie strikes a chord on an uh, unconscious subconscious level, um, that kind of mining and unearthing what's going on there for yourself is sometimes a way of, um, coming to grips with like a, uh, a, 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 a truth that, you know, on a, on a deeper level that you're not consciously mm-hmm. kind of acting on. 
Um, so when you rewatched it, did you, were you rewatching it through the lens of, oh, I need to like, uh, like, did you know that it had this theme that, that you needed or was it, how did that present itself? Um, I think it was like an aftermath thing where like, I had like watched it again and then after a while, like I was just like, it really sat with me for a little bit. Um, and then it just clicked that, oh, okay. He didn't win, but it was okay in the end. And I might not have, maybe animation's not right for me, but like, I'm like Mike. Oh, I'm like Mike. (laughs) I'll be okay. (laughs) Yes. That's awesome. I, I, you know, part of it is I just, uh, for my own personal creative journey, if I get into a place where I'm feeling really lost, mm-hmm. I will try to retrace my steps to when, what were things that were deeply resonant? What were the last things that were speaking to me? How can I get back into there and just kind of dig into it? Um, because it's hard to come by those uh, eureka moments. Um, and yeah, I just it's kind of fascinating the way that they can come to us in a in a more primal way through mm-hmm. story, you know? Uh, and then I also was thinking about how it relates to something that I've been talking about on the podcast every once in a while, which is this notion that, um, you know, when, when, dr- when following your dream would come up and, or someone would say, Oh, you do creative pep talk. You're like encouraging, creatives to follow their dreams that would like rarely sit right with me. Like I would, I would be like, "Eh, I don't think that's what I'm doing. I'm not sure about that. And I, and at the same time, if someone was like, look, just forget your dreams, man, like just get with reality. I would be like, "Eh, I don't like that. And I couldn't for a long time, I couldn't resolve these two things. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I had this realization that in the same way that your nighttime dreams need interpreted Mm -hmm. your day, your daydreams might need interpreted in order for them to make sense in reality. Right. And, and, and I thought about how, um, you know, this idea that you came up with, like your dream might be in to go to the NBA, Mm -hmm. but what does your, how does that mesh with your reality? And then when you start getting into, well, what is that dream? Like a dream symbol, what does that represent to me? What is the thing underneath it that I'm, that I'm so drawn to? Um, I feel like there's kind of a interesting call to action or, or reflection for any creator in any part of their journey to say, hold on a minute. What is the thing that I am after that Mm -hmm. I can't seem to attain? And what is it underneath this that I'm so desperate for. Yeah. I think like breaking it down to like its absolute like core bones is really important. And I think it's also important to recognize that like the, it can also change over time as well. Like I would say that like the storytelling aspect has always been there, but I think earlier in my career, I would say that one of my core goals would be the, I guess like the more success factor, like being more, like being recognized for my work. Whereas right now I think I'm starting to go into that transition of where family is more important to me. And so instead of 
me working endless nights and being really like hustle culture and just like really being all on it to uh, forward my career. Now I'm like, okay, no, that's not really as important to me right now. I want to be in a place where I have really relaxed hours, where I can spend time with my family, where I have space for art, but there's a much more um, like a healthy boundary to it. Um, and so, yeah, like it's always changing. And uh, the other thing, like I had mentioned in the video was the concept of small dreams where, like you said, like some people you have like your big dreams of be work, being in the NBA, uh, being like a professional artist, uh, being an actress or whatever. And those types of dreams get like really valued and of like, yeah, dream big. Like you want to be at the White House. You want to do all of this stuff. Um, and those kinds of dreams get prioritized over the small things, which I think are just as equally important. So if you have like a dream of just, I don't know, like have, you know, having like your little small family, just like just getting by, uh, having that being able to like provide for yourself and having a small space for art, like that's completely valid as well of just having a dream of um, being able to travel once in a while and explore the world. Uh, having a dream of just being able to, you know, just write in your diary and being fulfilled within yourself. Like these are all completely valid. And I don't think there's any, yeah, I think small dreams are just as important as well. Yeah. Yeah. I completely, completely agree. I really was inspired by your, your story and I'm uh, grateful that you came and, and shared it. Um, do you have, I know right now you're kind of working on some other books. Um, mm -hmm. what is within your creative practice? What is the thing that is most exciting to you right now? Um, so I've always been a digital artist. I, I was, I had to do traditional media in school, but I was never that good at it. Um, and Every time I've tried throughout the years to get into traditional media, I would just give up. I've never been like a sketchbook kind of person. I've never been like a painting kind of person. Um, but last year I made the decision that I once and for all was going to learn how to paint because I had been so creatively burned out. I was just sick of, I had like a massive art block that I didn't even realize. And I had just not taken a break in five years. And so, yeah, I made the goal to learn how to paint because I was invited for a solo gallery show late last year and it was tough, but like over the course of eight months, I painted 23 pieces and I slowly got better and better and I learned to make mistakes and all of that stuff. And I learned to really love this new medium. And so after doing this, I decided that I was going to illustrate my next picture book completely traditional, which I, I've just finished. I, as of like this morning, I finished my last page and I think I'm going to take a break from digital media. So like the thing that I'm really excited about is to be a little bit more creative and like a little bit less restrictive. So I feel like I've been stuck in a box of a very specific style. People really expect a certain certain like type of content I feel like I have a very generic style and all of that and like I just want to break out of that and I want to do something unexpected um and I don't I don't want to be afraid of making mistakes and making weird stuff especially for social media like I don't want to have to care about the likes about what people think I just want to like fall in love with art again 
So yeah, this year I'm working on two new books and those are going to be completely traditional. I'm going to try new techniques every time. If people don't like it, I don't care. And yeah, I'm I'm just going to do that. I'm going to do a lot of painting. I actually uh, completely relate. Uh, the The mm-hmm. picture book I'm working on right now is the first time where... Oh, awesome. Usually it's 50-50 where it's like 50% painted and then I'm like digitally collaging mm-hmm. and stuff. And I, so far this one's like 90, 10, 95. And it's the same thing of like, I don't know, just that I just don't want to sit in front of a computer. I just don't want to sit in front of a computer. (laughs) I want to, you know what I mean? Like it's just been really liberating to just lose myself in the process so Mm -hmm. that I totally, totally get it. And uh, yeah, I, I, uh, it makes tons of uh, sense to me. So the last question I have is, Mm With this kind of, um, I, I'm sh- I'm pretty much certain that artists will relate to most most of us artists don't get exactly what we want. Mm-hmm. I would say that that's probably a pretty common theme in the art journey is that we really wanted something and we didn't get it. That's like how it goes. Yeah. What uh, out of all the, I'm thinking of the, you know, um, finding. Uh, wisdom and story and mm-hmm. finding community at the uh, artist retreat um, that, you know, had different values. Um, what do you feel like if someone is in a place where they're getting burnout, they're mm-hmm. losing their resilience and they don't feel like they can just keep going after the thing that just keeps escaping them. Mm-hmm. For people in that zone, and if you think about yourself before you had any of these realizations about illustration, what is one thing that you would say, hey, go do this, go Mm -hmm. do this, and you might get the kind of insight that you need? I would say like my biggest advice to artists is to always just be open to other opportunities and to not be so fixated on like one singular goal that you might have. Just because like, I feel like there are so many possibilities in life and so many things that can come across your way. And I feel like if you limit yourself and you keep your doors closed, you never know what might be behind them, especially like you might end up finding like something that is perfectly suited for you, especially when we live in a day and age where new jobs are popping up every day. Like you can be a, I don't know, like a jelly bean scientist on Twitch or something. I don't know, like something (laughs) random. Yeah, And it's like, yeah, there are so many cool opportunities and yeah, just be, just be open. Uh, if, you know, tomorrow someone asks like, Hey, you know, can you, can you do like, try this out for me? Um, even if like, it's not related to your dream goals, even if you think like, Oh, this is like beneath me. I don't know. Just like, try it out. You really never know if you see like a opportunity to learn a new medium. If you see like an opportunity for travel, like maybe like, Oh, there's like a cool, uh, like an internship or something, just like, just try it out. Cause you never know where it might lead. And number one to like recognize that dreams are always changing and evolving just as we, as people do. And there's just so much potential in everyone and I love everybody. That's it. I love that's I don't, I can't add to that. That's, that's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, I, I love that. I love the idea of some, some of us, I know there are creators that need 
uh, you know, be like, Hey, get some goals. Like go mm -hmm. try to make something happen. Like I, there are creators that need that. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of us like you and I, it sounds like who need to be encouraged to be like, Hey, it doesn't have to manifest itself exactly how you had it in mind. Mm -hmm. And what if you allowed life to surprise you a little bit? Yeah. What if that, you know, that's cool too. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always I love think that. that everything happens for a reason. So even if you feel like you're in like the spot where you're like, I just don't like where my life is at right now. I think that like, even like the dark parts in your life, they are leading you towards that, the, the, bit, the sunshine that's like waiting for you. Um, yeah. Yeah, you just got to be open. Well, I really appreciate it. Uh, where do you want people to come find you? Yeah, so uh, my main website is anushasayit.com. I'm on all of the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, unfortunately. Um, I'm on YouTube. <laughs> so like, if you yeah. want to learn more about um, how to be a children's book author and illustrator. Um, I have a lot of videos over there that explain my process. And more importantly, uh, because I didn't have the best art school experience, I love teaching people about the uh, the stuff that is not taught in school. So uh, how to price your work, contracts, negotiations, uh, finding art directors, all of that good stuff. Uh, so just search for Anusha Say It on YouTube and you can find me there. Yeah. Really great YouTube uh, channel you. and so many, it's so intentionally informational in a way that's really generous. And um, yeah, if, uh, if you enjoyed this chat, go go check Anusha out over there. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Bye. All right, it's time for the creative call to adventure. Every single week on this show, we give you a quick action that you can take right now in your own creative journey to get you one step closer to the creative practice that you long for. Today, your creative call to adventure is own your monster. What do I mean by that? So in this episode, we talked about how Anusha was inspired by the movie Monsters University and how Mike Wazowski had to give up on his dreams of becoming a scarer in order to live a life that was much better than what he had initially set out to achieve in the first place. And it kind of reminded me of this notion of when you're a kid and you're in bed and it's dark and in the corner you see something that you're sure is like a monster that's ahead of a gorilla with arms and legs and it's staring at you just waiting for you to go to sleep and devour you but you turn on your light and you see like oh it's actually just my coat and my hockey skates um like on my coat rack I need to just turn my light on and realize that this is my stuff. And it goes from being a monster to stuff that I own. And you get this huge sense of relief when you just face the thing head on. And I think the same is true about the things that are stopping you in your creative practice. Earlier on in my uh, work, in my pursuit to be an illustrator, 
I was working with all these different clients and we were working on, you know, mostly stuff like ad campaigns for adults. And every once in a while I would get in this scenario where I would get the feedback and they would say, Hey, can you just make this look less appealing to kids? And every time I would get that feedback, I knew that the project was going to go south and wasn't going to work out because I didn't know how to make work that wasn't appealing to kids. And every time I got that email, it was like the kiss of death for the project. And I remember this one time I got this huge opportunity to design a label for this major alcohol brand that I can't name. And it was a huge project and it was a huge budget and it would have been a game changer for my creative practice. And I was so pumped. I worked so hard on that work and I sent it over and their first response was, Hey, this looks great. We're really excited about it, but could you just try to make it a little less appealing to kids? Because legally we're making alcohol. We can't be seen as trying to appeal to kids. And it was right then that I knew that this wasn't going to work out, but I tried, I kept working on it. I tried desperately to make work that didn't appeal to kids, but I just couldn't do it. And it seemed like this huge obstacle that I just could not get over. But it wasn't until I looked at that obstacle that I saw that this is something that is mine. This is something that I can own. This is something that can work for me. Like making work that's appealing to kids isn't a problem, it's an opportunity. And I started to orient my career more around that. Now I still do stuff for brands that are for grown-ups that want a playful spirit, but making that shift was a huge, huge win for me. But it was only made possible when, like Anusha, I quit trying to ignore the thing that was keeping me from entering dreamland and instead faced it head on, turned on the light, took a good hard look at what this obstacle is and realized that it's my stuff that I just need to own. And so whatever it is that you are running from or trying to get over or ignore that's stopping you from you reaching your creative dreamland, I know you're convinced that it's a giant gorilla head with legs, but it might actually be something that you can own and lean into. So what I want you to do is highlight what do you think is the number one thing holding you back? from reaching your creative dreamland, keeping you awake at night. What is your giant gorilla head with legs? And face it head on and get serious about it and see if this thing is going to stay, what else could be made possible if I quit ignoring it? Massive thanks to Anusha Syed for taking the time to be on the show and also do collaborative episode art, which was super fun. And go check out Anusha's YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash Anusha Syed. You will find a plethora of great creative career related uh, videos and a lot of them are especially focused on children's books. Her most popular 
video is making a picture book from start to finish. She also has how I make children's books, a picture book publishing process. She does a sketchbook tour and she has a video all about why I quit my dreams of working in animation, where she explores the story that we jumped into today. Well worth it. Go check it out. YouTube.com slash Syed. And you can also go pick up her new title that she authored and illustrated the picture book that's not my name wherever books are sold she is foxville underscore art on instagram and i can guarantee that it will be a lovely addition to your feed massive thanks to yoni wolf and the band y for our theme music huge thanks to connor jones of pending beautiful for sound design and editing Thank you to Ryan Appleton, Katie Chandler, and Sophie Miller for podcast assistance of all kinds. And until we speak again, stay pepped up. <laughs>